Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episode for news and thoughts on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. Hi, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us for the Media Boat Podcast. Today is July the 30th, 2022. Can you believe July is almost over. July is practically over now. Wiped out. Summer is flea fly flown away. Yeah, but you know it starts on Monday. What starts on Monday? August. And you know what starts on August? Oh, yeah. Yes. I get it. Football. Football season. I get it. We'll get to that. Yes. It's uh, Taylor Swift's August uh, next week. Uh, anyway. Remember to play August on August. I, I plan on it. Yes. Uh, yes, thank you for joining us. This is episode 342. Uh, probably not a huge episode today, so let's just get rolling right into it. Yep, and we'll start with the music section. Hey! And we'll start the music section with the billboard, and we'll start the billboard with the Hot 100. We have a new number one. We do have a number one, and you know what? It's about damn time. <laughs> yes, it is. Because Lizzo's About Damn Time yes. is your number one song. Here's the al- album bump we've been waiting for. Yep. Uh, she got the benefit of the big album release. So congratulations to Lizzo for a number one single. And that means at number two, as it was, yep. Harry Styles Drops down. bumps down. Uh, coming in at three, running up that hill, a deal with, that one. Deal with God by Kate Bush. Coming in at four, First Class by Jack Harlow, and rounding out your top five, Wait For You by Future, but really, it's Drake and Thames. So yeah, besides the Lizzo number one, the big news here is that this is a new highest peak for Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number three song number three that song. came out over 30 years ago. <laughs> anyway, Way to go, Stranger Things. Yeah, way to go. Um, apparently, she makes like all the money. Like, I guess that for, uh, I guess how the... Royalties. song was written royalty wise like she gets everything from plays of that song oh so she's not like sharing that money with a whole lot of people so she is becoming extremely rich off of this which hey well it's spotify rich so yeah like <laughs> just but it's not just spotify because this is placement in like the, like the stranger things placement by itself had to be right. a huge deal plus like it's been play radio air t- airplay has gone way up I hear it every day on K-Rock. Not even, that's not an exaggeration. Every time uh, I drive home, they are playing it in the rotation. Kate Bush, coming to a festival near you. <laughs> I don't know. If she, I don't think she wants to tour again, but we'll see. No, you don't need to tour. It's just you go to a festival and say, yeah, I'll be an undercard, sure. An undercard? You're even talking and wrestling now. Yeah. Well, that's because SummerSlam's today. Uh, yes. It'll get there. Wow, wrestling and football. You are really going through a, a phase right now. Yes. Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to our Billboard 200, the albums chart. Yes. Continuing to be the summer album, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Booney. Yes. Could, in. could not, uh, yeah, hold, held on and would not let uh, Lizzo take number one. Yep, because coming in at number two is Special by Lizzo. Yeah. At three, Harry's House by Harry Styles. At four, Moving Up Dangerous, the double uh, album. But... Also moving up into the number five slot, <laughs> honestly, never mind, by Drake. Yeah, uh, returning to the top five after being kicked out. Uh, yeah, I obviously, uh, we know who will be on the top very, very soon. Beyonce. But we'll get to Beyonce later. Yes. But right now, if you don't like any of those albums, we have new releases. 
well, all two of them. We have two new releases. <laughs> so first up, we have Funk Wave Bounces Volume 2 by Calvin Harris. Because when I say think funky, I think of Calvin Harris. Well, Wave Bounce. Sure. Uh, and we also have <laughs> The Alchemist's Euphoria by Kasabian. I guess. I think it's Kasabian. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's <laughs> get into some music news. Yes. As we know, Beyonce released yes. her album, Renaissance. And yes, I'm going to say it like that. <laughs> Renaissance. Renaissance. Um, oh, oh, oh. Yes. Uh, on Thursday night. Well, Friday, whatever. Yeah. So... In the past 48 hours, the only noise louder than the beehive's yes, buzz beehive. has been coming from R&B, R&B singer Kellis. 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 We even had a whole conversation. I had a conversation about, about this. Still messed up. Kellis. <laughs> who was outraged that Beyonce sampled her 2003 song Milkshake without informing her. The sample appears in the song Energy from Beyonce's just released album, Renaissance. The officially credited writers and producers of Milkshake are the Neptunes, AKA Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo, who were credited with most of Khalees' early recordings. In a long string of Instagram posts, Khalees writes, quote, it's not a collab, it's theft. My mind is blown too because the level of disrespect and utter ignorance of all three parties involved is astounding. I heard about this the same way everyone else did. Nothing is ever as it seems as some of the people in this business have no soul or integrity and they have everyone fooled. All right. So there's a bunch of context for this story. And part of it is if you know anything about Kalisa's history in the recording industry, it has not been a great one for her. She's had many battles like this for the rights to her own songs. She's been, that's why she kind of dropped off the face of the earth in pop culture is because she was having difficulty owning her own, own music. And the Neptunes are partially to blame for this. If you go back to apparently the, uh, the deal, the contract that was made with her originally, it, she believed that it was going to be a 30-30-30 a split you know, 33 or whatever. Right. The, the, like, she thought it was going to be 30, 30, 10. between the three of them. That ended up not being the case. The Neptunes are the sole writing credits on most of her early recordings. So she got already basically like a bad deal mm-hmm. way, 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 way back when. So fast forward to today. So she's obviously aware of this. And so Beyonce is also probably aware of this too. So Beyonce and her label probably were like, well, all we need to do is get the Neptunes approval for this. Because they're the ones who own the song. They probably assumed that they didn't need to contact Kalise. Right. Kalise, on the other hand, thinks that the real crime here is that supposedly they're friends. They've met before. Her Her and Beyonce. Beyonce. And she thought that the least that Beyonce could have done was, hey, I'm going to use Milkshake. Mm -hmm. Is that cool? And she failed to do so. So it's a weird one because it's like Beyonce's not necessarily in the wrong here because like they did the legal work to get the sample cleared, mm-hmm. at least to the legal like extent of that. Technically, yes, all the legal yes documents are in order. So Beyonce probably doesn't feel like this is a an encroachment, mm-hmm. but from Kalise, all she wanted was a friend to be like, "Hey, I'm going to do this," 
and considering her already tumultuous past in the industry, not a good look. Mm-hmm. When like it's very hard to like dismiss her complaint here because it's a continued like version of what's already happened to her in the industry. So, yeah, not a great feel good story, but I thought it was relevant enough to mention in kind of the wake of the Renaissance release. Uh, poor Calice, though. Like, I, yeah. I hope she, I hope she gets hers. I hope this leads to some sort of crediting going forward for Milkshake. As we've seen with other artists, they do add yeah. credits after the releases. I mean, also, let's talk about Milkshake. Yes. What a great song. <laughs> yeah, it brings all the boys to the yard. It, uh, yes. Uh, if if she, you want her to teach you... You'll have to charge. She, she has to charge. To the Neptunes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. I wonder if she's, which makes me even more sad because I just remember there's this radio ad that they play all the time for uh, Charmin Ultra uh, Paper Towels Is it my that Charmin has Milkshake brings, in it. My Charmin like, brings all oh, the boys spilled, to the No, no, they don't change the lyrics. It's just Milkshake. Ugh. And then you hear a spill and it's like, spilled your milkshake? <laughs> it's real stupid. They did a similar one with UB40's Red Red Wine. Yes. Like, spilled your red wine? It's so stupid. But anyways, it makes me sad now because I bet she's not getting paid for that either. Right. But anyway, all right. Well, shout outs to Khalees. I hope she's doing okay. Yep. Shout out, Khalees. <laughs> Let's move on to our second story, which is a lot more happy. Well, because it deals with Snapchat. Because Snap... Yes. The company has, that runs Snapchat. Apparently. Apparently. Has announced the Snapchat Sounds Creator Fund, which is a fund... Uh, it's the first fund designated to support emerging and independent artists who distribute their music via the app, uh, dis- via <laughs> music on the app via Distro DistroKid. Are you familiar with DistroKid? No, I heard that word before. Okay, no, so, I think that's a rapper. So, if you are an artist, you need a way to deliver your music to streaming services. So I know of SoundCloud, but I'm also old. Right, but no, not necessarily old. You're anyone, like yes. like especially someone young and upcoming. What you do is you basically make a deal with the company, this company called DistroKid, and DistroKid does the work of actually being like submitting to Spotify, submitting to uh, Apple Music, submitting to Amazon, Google. They put or Snapchat or TikTok, and they they're the ones who do the work. You basically just pay DistroKid for that licensing. That's how most artists get, especially independent artists, get their music on streaming platforms. Not like us who just click a button and say, right. "Here's our link." <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a, there, it's a tool basically for distribution. Hence the name, DistroKid. Uh, oh, distribution. Like, yes, think of it. Oh, I thought it was like disco. Think of it, it as like, like the music version. It's like the music version of Hootsuite. Right. right. Where it's like yeah. one thing, like you put it here, and then they do, and they yeah, put Hootsuite it everywhere. Puts it everywhere. Same thing, but for music. So that's what DistroKid is. Okay, that makes got, more sense. Now you right? know. <laughs> See, Anyways. I'm old. I'm like, just put it on SoundCloud <laughs> and people will find it on SoundCloud. You're not old. Tell people to go find your SoundCloud. Isn't yeah. that what artists yes. do? Yes. This blew up. In like 30 here's, years Here's ago? my SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's... 10 years ago, 20 years, 12 years ago. Well, it's not like that anymore. Yes. Anyways, continue. Anyways, <laughs> because we're at the end of July, right. starting in August, Snap will provide monthly grants of up to $100,000 to artists who are distributing music on Snapchat via DistroKid. The program is currently capped at 20 songs, uh, but Snap says it will provide grants of $5,000 per song to artists 
based on the level of engagement uh, Snapchat users have with the music. Currently, musicians who are signed with Snap's music label and publisher partners, which include uh, UMG, Warner, uh, Merlin, Sony, uh, Uni Universal Music Publishing, uh, and Warner Chappelle, and Cobalt. You're big players. Yeah. Uh, they monetize their content through those agreements. The new Sound Creator Fund is a separate grant program for any musician that has opted into Snap's deal with DistroKid by granting all rights. So, yes. So what they're differentiating between is, of course, somebody signed to a major label and somebody using something like DistroKid. Mm -hmm. Those are typically two different kinds of artists. So this is basically like, okay, we're going to pick like the top 20 performing songs for the month of August and then distribute this money accordingly. That's the idea here. So there's two things about this. One, I think it's a potentially really cool idea because if you do have an indie song that's blowing up, like, for example, when uh, years ago when a Beach Bunny song was huge on TikTok, they weren't seeing a whole lot of money from that besides it being showing up in sales if they made a sale from that, from mm -hmm. somebody hearing it. This allows a big indie success like this, a viral success, to actually get paid out, which is great. Um, is it great that it's limited to 20 songs? Of course, not great. Mm -hmm. But Snapchat isn't TikTok. They're not the biggest player on the, the ground, like on the, in this field right now, which comes to my second point, which is this is a, like, let's kick TikTok's ass move. This yes. is, TikTok is the, is, the move, is the place where these songs are going the most viral, where this is happening the most. Snapchat is like, no, we want a piece of this. So they're enticing indie artists. So that's the thing. I thought it did. They've had a little bit of a comeback lately. When we, like, I've been noticing more and more people talking about Snapchat again. And I think it's because of competition with TikTok. Mm -hmm. I think people are getting a little disillusioned with how TikTok works. And so they're returning to Snapchat as an alternative. See also the moves that Instagram have made over the last week. Streamlining their platform mm -hmm. and redesign, re redesigning their app to look more like TikTok. Everybody wants a piece of the TikTok pie, and I think what you're going to see is like maybe more division about people returning to older apps. But the Instagram stuff is really rough, and a lot of people are complaining about it because it's turned into like all of a sudden you're getting reels on your homepage instead of friends like pictures, which mm -hmm. is what you come to Instagram for. So a lot of people are kind of up in arms about it. But anyway, that, so this that's is Meta's problem now. Yeah, but this is Snapchat basically trying to be like. We can do what TikTok does. Come over here. Put your songs on it. Like, like focus on our platform because we're going to potentially pay you a lot of money if you're really successful here. So it's a good move, and an interesting, and an interesting way to keep Snapchat relevant. Yeah, it's pooled money. Yeah, yeah. All right, is it time? All right, yes. Uh, that's now, it for news. That's it for news. So now we have a thought. Yes, we have a thought. Um. Thought, thought, thought. T H O U G T. I just want or or H what? T H O U G H T. It's it's spelled right in front of you. <laughs> just to be clear, uh, that is the spelling of the word we're saying. Yes. <laughs> Not to be confused with the other thought that Beyonce is <laughs> singing about. Singing about. Yes. Uh, so Beyonce has been all over the news. We mentioned her already today in the news stories. Seventh uh, studio album. This is her seventh, I think. This is seventh or eighth. Because there was four. <laughs> yes. And then there was Beyonce Lemonade and this, right? Yes. Okay. 
So yeah, we're up to seven. So yeah, whenever Beyonce releases music, it's a huge deal. Like she's usually of the surprise release mode ever since the self-titled came out. This was not exactly that. This was, there was a little bit of a runway to this. This is also unique in the way that she says this is a three-part project. So Renaissance is only act one. I've noticed that. Of more music that's to come, which is wild to think about mm -hmm. because this thing already is an hour plus long. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Renaissance, which is the album she put out this week. Um, it is a Beyonce record, that is for sure, but it's a, a Beyonce, Beyonce record that embraces the current dance music trend. You want to go to the club? Yeah, this does that. This takes you to the club. This is why Drake released his album early. So I'm glad we compete with this. I'm glad you mentioned honestly never mind because this those two records I feel like will always be thought of as coexisting together. Like being around the same time together because yeah. they're both chasing a trend but they're both doing them in a very specific way that the artist thinks is like works. The only difference is is Drake's attempt did not work and Beyoncé's is the, one of the best records of the year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So where I think it succeeds where Drake does not is Drake made a big deal about, about uh, upon the release of Honestly Nevermind about how he was trying to harken back to the club er the bygone club eras of the 80s. Um, trying to evoke this very specific kind of culture by getting artists that had worked in that era, by sampling songs from that era. Depending on who you asked, it either worked or didn't work. I thought it was kind of boring. I thought it was over long. I thought it would try the same thing a little too many times. Beyonce does a similar move, but she's also doing the work. She's doing the research. Mm -hmm. She got a lot of important artists that are working in like club and dance music. She got a lot of people from the past and from from the current. Thames is on here. If you want to see how recent a lot of the the people that she yes. got on here. Thames of yes, top Thames. five Billboard. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, like she definitely is talking a similar game to what Drake was doing. But the difference is in the production and the songwriting. Mm -hmm. These songs sound so pristine and like interesting. They go all sorts of left turns throughout every song. Like it's never boring. It's constantly engaging. And it flows like a DJ set from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. She wanted this to be an album length statement. This is not a modern album in the way that we think of modern albums lately which is a bunch of singles strung together by filler this is not that this is from top to bottom she had a goal in mind this is why we actually listen to a full album whenever <laughs> an artist puts it out because yeah. artists should be telling a story with full not here's the single here's some stuff i'm trying out and then here's a bunch of other stuff that i wrote that i hope yeah. someone else may pick up right this is front to back fully thought out mm. transitions work Flow works. Yeah. One song in particular is basically a direct uh, competition to Drake. <laughs> yeah. The uh, with uh, Drake's "Way Too Sexy" and Beyonce's uh, "I'm Too Classy." Yeah. <laughs> direct competition of how Beyonce can take something that we know and make it her own, whereas Drake just takes and doesn't do anything special to yeah. it. And I think that and that's another difference between the two records. Not to keep comparing them. Um, it's easy. I'll stop after this. But yes. but what I will say is that it's very easy to think of this as catching a trend because when you think about this last calendar year, we had Dua Lipa's huge disco like inspired record mm -hmm. last year that made 
basically like taught the industry like no you can make music like this again in fact the world will embrace it and they did mm -hmm. and so many artists have been following that trend and so it's very easy to be like oh well Beyonce did one too but it's not exactly that because it also manages to sound like a Beyonce record she does not sound like she's out of her element here she is still the artist that we expect her to be there are still songs that sound like they could have existed on Lemonade. There are songs mm -hmm. that could have existed earlier in her career, too. She goes back to a kind of a pop mode on a couple of these tracks. Um, there's, like, enough of her identity here that it's not... It doesn't feel like it's a cash grab. It never feels like it's just she's riding a wave. She's created her own part of an existing trend and will do her own work influencing a generation of artists after this. She took a lot of notes from uh, the album before it, not her own album, Black is King as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of big beats, a lot of bombastic beats, but also a lot of harkened melodies being on repeat, but the good kind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I th there's not so much more to say about it here. Like, if you like dance music and you want to see Beyonce's take on it, and or you just want a new Beyonce record, I think it will satisfy both of those people. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it hits both of those marks. Is it perfect? I don't know. Uh, I think that there's maybe a couple, like maybe it's two or three songs too long. I feel like I, I if it was a little like under After an hour. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know specific ones, but I'm just like, I got a little, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, this was a little long. It's a little long, but it ends perfectly. It's an hour, but yeah. yeah. It's an hour, but I think that like, it has a really strong start and a really strong finish and a lot of interesting moments in the middle. So I never felt bored. I just was like, man, I wish this was like 50 minutes. But here's Ideally. the She's already announced that this is Act 1. Right. We still have an Act 2 and possibly an Act 3 later. Yeah, so we're going to get Will a lot more. Will those be this year, you think? That's unclear. I don't think so. I would, If I had to guess, <laughs> I would assume that she's going to let this breathe a little bit. Um... But yeah, uh, don't be shocked if we see this around Grammy time as an easy favorite, um, because, oh boy, <laughs> it's, she made a statement with this thing, and I think that people are going to continue talking about it throughout the rest of the year. I'm going to say, what if she does the Taylor thing where she'll release Folklore Now, Yeah, and then... And then Surprise Act 2 in November or yeah, something. Yeah, in like November, December. It could happen. Uh, I don't know. But uh, if it's anything like this, I will be looking forward to it. Anything else to say about Renaissance before we move on? I mean, it's Beyonce. How are you not going to like Beyonce? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Jay-Z. You make another <laughs> sick beat album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's such a good producer. Yeah, he, he, he didn't do all the tracks, but yeah, when he's yes. there, you can tell. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yep. Let's move on to video games. Uh, well, okay. I mean, if it hadn't been that clear, we're probably going to talk about Renaissance <laughs> at the end of the year. But we'll do oh, the end of the year wrap-up. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so let's get into video games then, and we start with new releases. Just two this week, just like in uh, the music section. Yes. Um, speaking of the music section, <laughs> Hindsight says that there's two songs at yes. two games releasing. One of them being Hindsight, Hindsight for the Switch and PC. Uh, and then we have Turbo Golf Racing for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I assume it's, it's golf. golf. Is it racing? Is it golf racing? Is it golf cart racing? But oh. I, I just call it golf cart racing? I bet it's golf cart racing. No, I don't, I don't think it's golf cart racing. All right. 
All right, let's move on to the video game news. Yeah, video game news, and we start with Nier Automata. Yeah, that's not a new game. No, it's not. Uh, the mysterious new secret uh, area that's been puzzling Nier Automata fans for the past month has been revealed to be an elaborate hoax hey. created by a team of modders designed to show off their new modding tools. Whoops. The hidden area <laughs> was first discovered over a month ago when a Reddit user asked members of the Nier Automata Reddit why they were able to access the church when their phone couldn't. <laughs> this was met with confusion as no such area was known to exist. In the past few days, though, the user has been posting a series of videos showing them going through an inaccessible door and into a twisted white corridor. Each video has confused the community more with some speculating that the user was playing on version 1.0 of the game. It has now been revealed, however, that the mystery was designed to show off a new set of open source modding tools that will allow the near community to create their own areas. <laughs> so yeah, this has been a roller coaster ride if you're a near fan or just a casual observer of video games. In mod communities, this is yeah. really cool. So basically how this all began was like, as the story mentions, there was just a like somebody had put out footage where there was like a door that everybody thought that you couldn't get to and that they had claimed that they got to it. Mm -hmm. So for weeks before we found the ultimate reveal here, people thought that it was like that there was just more mysteries in this already kind of mysterious game. And so people were very willing to believe that this was baked in. And it didn't help when uh, near uh, producer Yoko Taro went on social media to basically egg it on. He yeah. was like basically on Twitter being like, I don't know, this, we put a lot of secrets in this game. <laughs> basically saying, like, basically saying he wouldn't even own up to the fact that that's not a real thing in okay. the game. Now that's just yes. dumb. When you're the creator of the game <laughs> and you don't know that something's in your game, and you're just egging on this hoax. I don't know. I personally even love it. Even if he fell for it. I, I love it, honestly, because it's like, I love the idea of just like... Because you, you have someone who can come out and just basically say, no, this is dumb, this is not in the game, something's going on here, we'll take a look into it. But it's more fun to be like, my game is mysterious, my world is mysterious, who knows what you're going to find in it, and let it kind of have a life of its own. Because fans of this game, you included, yes. one of the things that was cool about it was it did feel like this world where you were like, I have no idea what's going on here, and I'm like unwrapping, unraveling the mystery as the game goes. Yeah, and it was fun to do that. Not, here's a door I can't go get into. And then someone years later says, I got into the door. Here's the footage. Thankfully, this wasn't years later. This was like a week or two later. But thankful, yeah, so it, didn't, yes. it wasn't that long of a mystery. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of let down. No, I that. mean like years since Near Automata yeah, came yes, out. Yes, that's true. But yeah, so I'm sure that some people are probably let down by this revelation that it's not something that's baked into the game, but, but these new tools. However, the, the silver lining here is, hey, Near people like near fans like this will be cool to have open source tools to make new areas in near. That's very exciting for a game that has a lot of real diehard fans. Yes, but this is also nothing that is. So it's new in that you can create these worlds and do stuff like that. Uh, it's not new in how it's portrayed and formed because other speedrunning yeah. communities, communities, mainly Kingdom Hearts communities, do a randomizer. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. Where they yeah. use set assets to randomly go to places. Yes, randomizers are extremely popular yes. in all sorts of games in the speedrunning community. Uh, but nonetheless, um, 
a roller coaster ride that we that a lot of people kind of followed through this whole thing and yeah a little anticlimactic of an end but hey still interesting and still something i thought we should talk about you know what's going to happen next that mod is going to get hired by near automata <laughs> to but help build the levels design square is going to pick them up <laughs> we'll see yeah. all right let's move on to the Speaking second story of here. level designs yeah nintendo has announced that wave two of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's DLC tracks will appear next week. Yeah, isn't that exciting? Yes. The next eight booster course pack tracks uh, will be available from August 4th, um, the company has confirmed. Yeah. Wave 2 will consist of two, of two new Grand Prix. Did you know that that's how you pluralize Grand Prix? Is Grand's Prix? With Prix. The S on Grand instead? It's like... Um, yeah. It's like, uh, what's the other example of this? Um, Grand Prix. No, there's another like word like this, but yeah, like you don't since yeah, Prix. So is, you can't put the S at the end. You right. Put it before. It's Grand Prix. Isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> yeah. Yes, two Grand Prix. Yeah. Each containing four tracks. The new GPs, Grand Prix. Ooh, G's P. Yeah, it'd be G's P, not GPs. <laughs> Yeah, because we're on the this. test. Don't blame me. So, the new Grands Prix <laughs> uh, will be called the Turnip Cup and the Propeller Cup. Yeah. The new tracks are New York Minute uh, from Mario Kart Tour. The mobile game. Yep. Mario Kart, Mario Circuit 3 from the SNES. Calaman Desert. Calamari um, Desert. Calamari Desert. Calaman. Our <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, by N on the N64, Waluigi's Pinball on the DS, Sydney Spirit uh, on Mario Kart Tour. Sydney Sprint. Spirit. <laughs> I've never played any of these Mario Kart tracks. <laughs> Eight is the only one that I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, Snowland uh, from the Game Boy Advanced. Mushroom like Gorge. Advanced. Game yeah. Boy Advanced. No D. Yeah, Advanced. No. Yeah, advanced. Advancing. From the Wii. <laughs> Clearly, I only own a Switch. <laughs> Clearly, you're a PlayStation kid. Yes, and a new track, <laughs> Sky High Sunday. Yeah. Yay, new Mario stuff. Yeah, so this is fun. Uh, for, speaking as someone with Mario Kart experience, uh, Calamari Desert was one of my favorite tracks on Mario Kart 64. This is the one in, with the train that goes around. Um, and then uh, Waluigi Pinball is a fan favorite from Mario Kart DS, so it's cool to see that one on here. I don't remember anything about Snowland from Super Circuit, and I did not play uh, Mario Kart Wii, so Mushroom Gorge doesn't mean anything to me either. But um, yeah, uh, always good to yeah, see more. Mario all of these Kart mean tracks. nothing to me, but it does mean that these tracks have been retooled, revamped, yeah. and ready for Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, a yes. game that came out <laughs> six years Longer ago. Than, like, yeah, like the, seeing as the original Mario Kart Eight was a Wii U game. Yes, it's, yes, it's pretty old. But yeah, they're, they continue to pour more life into it, and we continue to try them out when they come out. So yeah, we're excited. As uh, a recent Mario Kart convert behind me is ex especially excited um, to play these new ones. I may have you guys over for Mario Kart Day. Mario we Kart Day? Yeah, we just What's play Mario all the Mario Kart Karts. Oh. We have a wheel. You have the wheel? We have the wheel Very for Mario cool. Kart. Hey, we have somebody in the chat. Hi, Hi thanks for joining us. It's still in the box. Hello! Hey, thanks for uh, hopping onto the show. Yes, All right, we're talking about Mario Karts. Continue. 
All right, so that's the new Mario Kart tracks. We I will definitely check these out when they come out next week. So next week's show, uh, which will be... Uh, Your show. Yes, a remote and uh, or a remote solo or show. solo show. We will talk about those new tracks. I'll, I'll tell you how the stuff is. I do like Mario Kart, it's true. All right, let's yes. move on. Yes, you more than me because you actually grew up with the Nintendo. Yes. Let's move on into, uh, well, first of all, any uh, any thoughts for vi- video games? Any video games you played this week? Uh, I've not had time to play any video games this week. Uh, yeah. My house is currently under deconstruction. A deconstructed house. Oh. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> Reconstruction house. Uh, going on. So, no, I have not been able to play any actual games. All right. Well, grew up with the N64 version. I mean, I did too. That was my first one. Yep. Ah, oh, good times. All right, so let's get into some, uh, did you play anything else? So I uh, got a lot further in Neon White. I haven't yes. finished it yet. Um, oh. I got to a big plot thing that I didn't think was going to happen so early in the game, and that was kind of shocking. Um, so uh, I got... It does a deal with yellow? Yeah, so I got... Okay, you didn't realize that. Spoiler. Gonna, yes. uh, so I got there, and then, um, yeah, I'm a little... I'm in the world, I guess, after that. So I'm still cooking on it. I hopefully will finish that before next show, but no guarantees. Yep. I still haven't gone back to Stray. I'm still where I was. So I finished Stray. You finished Stray? Yeah. Uh, it turns out I did only have 10 minutes left. It was just one, like, two, two last puzzles. Uh, thoughts about it? You can listen to them last week, but they stayed the same. A lot of... What makes that game fun is running around and just being a cat, oh, instead of a, and also like finishing the puzzle. It does feel like when you get towards the end, there is a level missing that they built out this level world and then for either forgot around a time or just didn't know what to do with it because as soon as you hit like the penultimate, it just goes right into the final world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I had heard. Things similar, other th- people people saying it similar similar things to that. So I'm like, yeah, it checks out. Yeah, I, I like Stray. People like Stray. Yeah, kids <laughs> like Stray. It's kitty. It's kitty game. Yes, I really enjoy the atmosphere of it. I do want to return to it sometime this week. Mm-hmm. Speaking um, of like robots, it does remind me a little bit of Near, where you're trying to unravel the mystery. Yeah, it is very adventure gamey, like like Near. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on then out of video game thoughts and into the television section second half of the show here we start television as always with the sports corner uh, oh no sports got cleaned I cleaned up. the table <laughs> sorry we had a guest this week oh no sports uh, so the, the sports it's table okay. it, uh, the cheese it corner over here though next um, month uh, that's right that counts yeah <laughs> next month we'll have full sports, sports corner sports wall sports wall possibly sports wall? very exciting yeah we're back in our regular studio yes uh, but yeah, we'll get there when we get there. But yes, let's go over sports news for the week. The Raiders versus the Jaguars will be your Hall of Fame game on August 4th. Yep, that's on Thursday, and that is the start of football season. Football season will officially so start. So it is officially started. It'll be official here. That is the official, pun intended, kickoff <laughs> of the season. Yes. So look forward to that if you've been waiting for some football. Oh, the puns intended. Ha-ha. <laughs> Ha-ha. <laughs> Next up, speaking of the Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. we have your class for 2022. Your, oh, uh, we're going to have a question in the chat real quick. What's your guys' favorite game? Video game, I'm assuming. Video Um, game? Um, God of War, Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, he's got a war guy. Well, that's not (laughs) out yet. It will be. Uh, Currently, um, I mean, we get the top five list at the end of the year, but currently, um, probably Nier and Horizon. But not Nier. Neon White. (laughs) 
Neon White and Horizon. Well, for this year or for this year? of all time? I think they might be asking all time. Oh, Kingdom Hearts series, all time. That's an easy one. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paper Mario, back when it was good. Uh, the GameCube Paper Mario was probably still my favorite game. Um, other than that, uh, Kirby and Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon's good. Yeah. But Pokemon's consistent. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, we'll have Pokemon later this year. Oh, and Rock Band. Rock Band. That's, a, that's an all-timer for me, too. Yes. All right. Uh, anyways, back to sports. So, yes, your Hall of Fame football class of 2022 includes Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Bryant Young, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeil. Ah, Super Mario Odyssey, good one. Yep, uh, Dick Vermeil. Vermeil, sorry. Yes. The L is at the end. Uh, yes, Dick Vermeil. <laughs> Which Wait, one is he, it? Uh, Vermeil. He was the UCLA coach, and then he was the <laughs> Eagles coach. The coach from Invincible. Oh, that guy. Yes, that Dick Vermeil. That Dick Vermeil. Uh, Art McNally was the owner, uh, longtime owner, I think, of the Falcons before uh, the Banks bottom. Okay. Or Blancs bottom. And so then Richard Seymour, defensive claim for the Raiders. Other than that, I am disappointed with this class. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, there's not a whole lot of names I, the, the, the... That's because they did Non-football person recognize. That's because they didn't put in first-time, or first-ballot Hall of Famers, should have been first-ballot Hall of Famers, Devin Hester and Marvin Harrison. Oh, those are names that I recognize, and yes. they're not here. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, um, weird. Weird choice. Yeah. I mean, those was also their first years of eligibility on the Hall of Fame ballot. So they'll have more choice. They'll have chances. more chances. Right. But at the same time, like, Devin Hester. Yes, right he's, yes he is specialty, right but at the same time, it's very, like, rare for a specialty, especially kick returner, to get yeah. into the NFL. But he was still good. He was the man. You purposely did not kick to him. In fact, you purposely didn't kick to him because he ran a kickoff back in the Super Bowl. Oh. First score of the game. Well, yeah, you'd think you would have. Well, they end up losing that game. Well, okay. Just, just because <laughs> well, that's rough. We're done. Because Peyton Manning was on the other side of the game. Uh, they won. So, yeah. Got it. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, so, those are your slightly disappointing Hall of Famers. Yep. Next up, speaking of football, USFL, which you watched this season for yes. some reason. Because uh, there was, it was the D League and it was on. It was football. Yes. It counted. 21 of their players will be making their way to the NFL rosters, including USFL League MVP Cavante Turpin, who will be heading to the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, he's the receiver. Uh, he'll be going to the Cowboys. Uh, these 21 players, because they can be entered into the draft, uh, because they played for the USFL, mm -hmm. instead they will be making their way to training camps, which start uh, this week. I see. And then they have a, an ability, a chance, to make the 52-man uh, roster by the start of the season. Okay. Do you think they have a chance, especially this guy? Actually, yes. Yeah. Some of them actually do. Right. Um, uh, there's like a couple backup quarterback positions as well. Of That's pretty much what the USFL is. Is If you're not getting your playing time in the NFL, you can go to the USFL or the XFL, hone your craft, get better, and then become like a, a solid backup or like practice squad. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, more power to them. Um, it's a lateral move, you could say. It is definitely a lateral move. Uh, see yep. what they did there? Yep. You see also missed a the story there. I missed a the story. Yeah, you did. Uh, ba, 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 yes. So, Kyler Murray. Oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, what is a study hall clause? Oh, this is why I put this in here. Okay. Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals quarterback um, was basically holding out until he got a new contract. So, he got a new contract, like five-year, $50 million, or $40 million a year contract. However... When he signed it, it included a clause at the end 
for study hall where he has to spend one hour, sorry, I spend four hours each week during game day as prep in study hall. If he does not participate in study hall, he loses the money. Wow. It's weird. It's never been done before. But apparently, like, they're giving him all this money, so they want to include that. If we're giving you this money, we want to make sure that you're actually, like, paying attention and, like, following the playbook and doing study game day help. Huh. So they put a study hall clause into his contract. That's hilarious. I didn't even know you could do that. Apparently you can. <laughs> I didn't know either, but watch the tapes. Watch the tapes. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's you need to watch the tapes. You need to do your study. You need to do your homework for the game upcoming that week. Wild. And it's like four hours each week and like one hour each day. Amazing. Well, I hope he learned something. I hope I mean, <laughs> if you have to put this kind of clause in yeah. for your quarterback, you may be in a bit of a trouble there. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe he'll be like Last Starfighter, this shit. Or maybe be so good at it by the end of it, they'll win the Super Bowl. Or maybe don't give a quarterback that much money (laughs) if you don't think he's going to be very confident. Yeah, that confident. Well, they are the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, they are the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, (laughs) they need all the help they can get. Yeah, they got help by Russell Wilson getting out of Seattle. All right, let's move on. Uh, We turn now to Major League Baseball. Yep. Where currently your big, big leaders are the Dodgers, Yan- the Yankees, and the Astros, who all hold 12-game leads in their respective divisions. I mean, obviously, when you hear successful baseball teams right now that are on a run, these are the three that you think of. Um, yep, but this is your um, two-month update till the end of the season. Yes. And they have a 12-game lead. So, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the other big news is we are currently rapidly approaching the trade deadline. So, deals are getting... I think it's next week, actually. Yes, next week. So, the, the like, uh, the deals are already getting made. Uh, some really surprising things are already happening. You hear that, Juan Soto? Yes. You have one week left. Yes. Uh, there are still a couple of major players that are still, un- like, we still don't know what the fate of them will be. Juan Soto is the big one. Um, also, a lot of rumors have been circulating about what the Angels will do with Shohei Otani, seeing as he will be a free agent at the end of next season. So, do they hold on to him? Mm-hmm. Do they make a deal? We'll find out. And so, um, this will be a really interesting week in baseball to see like how everything kind of shakes out, because it will have a lot of effects on the rest of the season and the coming seasons. Yep. Especially here in Anaheim. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, not looking forward to... Pins and needles. Yeah. Pins and needles. What happens, but uh, it'll be weird. Anyway, so yeah, keep an eye out on that. We'll have more to probably talk about next week's show mm-hmm. in that department. Yep. As like trade deadlines will be like, yes. hey, we're making trades, 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 trade, 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 trades. Yep. Well, will happen at As, the last minute, I'm sure. So cause this is what happened last year where the Braves made like five different trades yes. at the end of the deadline and they end up going on to win the World Series because of it. Yes, it could happen again. Okay. Not to the Braves, yeah. but just in general. Not to the Braves, though, no. <laughs> All right. In baseball in general. In baseball in general. Let's move on. Uh, in wrestling entertainment, we had the big bombshell last week of Vince McMahon retiring. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week, uh, SummerSlam is back uh, with the, the big man gone. How do you think it's going to go? Uh, Robin Reigns and Brock Lesnar uh-huh. are in a no-holds-barred, uh, tap-out-only contest. Oh, I love holds. Contest. Well, this one's no holds. 
Wait, no holds barred mean that there's actually plenty of holds, right? Um, no, it's anything goes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they Last can man... do all the holds they want. Yes, uh, up until <laughs> someone taps out. Right. But I'm just saying, no. that's the definition of no holds barred. They're not barring any holds from you. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's how wrestling works. Okay. Uh, so that are has... there matches where the holds are barred? Yes. Are they called bar... <laughs> bars holded? Yeah, it's called smack until you... <laughs> bars held? Yeah, bar... bars held. I don't know anything about wrestling. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. That's your big matchup. Uh, Brock versus Roman Reigns. About four, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, but everyone's kind of expecting that whoever wins isn't going to necessarily win. Because, because Austin's, it's fake? Well, no. Because <laughs> Money in the Bank will be cashed in in order for the title to be taken from Whoever wins. You can cash in the money in the bank from the money in the bank? Yeah. Whoever oh. wins. Yeah, because uh, Austin Theory is money in the bank winner. And everyone hates him. So if you need someone else to hate, <laughs> hate him for pinning Roman Reigns. And then it's like holding it over his head until he gets the <laughs> shit beat out of him at WrestleMania. Well, I guess we'll find out tonight Summer in SummerSlam. Also, Pat McAfee's wrestling again. <laughs> well, there you go. So that may be something to tune into. <laughs> Or not. Uh, I'll be at the other SummerSlam, which is the Angels game. Yeah. The Summer Grand Slam? Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. I'll be in a seat where maybe I can catch a baseball. So, hey. like, hey, maybe. I don't have a, a, I don't have a glove, though. So. You use your hat. Yeah. Use, use, use a nacho use helmet. The, no, I'm going to get a free hat today. So, use the free reversible hat. I yes. Guess. Use the free reversible hat. Catch it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, elsewhere... Yeah. If you are a fan of all sorts of weird and wild sports, well, then your favorite day of the year is coming up. Every year, ESPN turns the dial into ESPN 8, the Ocho, the fictional version of ESPN that was in the in the film. In the film, what movie was that from? Dodgeball. That's in Dodgeball from the film Dodgeball. They make it real one day every year, uh, and this year is happening on the fifth of August. So you'll be able to watch all sorts of weird ass sports on ESPN 8, the Ocho. Yep. Typically, they do it on 8-8. However, 8-8 is going to be on a Monday. Yes. So, 8-5 is the Friday. So, this is when you get your... Your, uh, your actual dodgeball on TV. Yeah. Your um, dog racings. Your uh, cornhole events, Yeah, I was going to say... I was thinking of the word axe cornhole. Axe throwing. Cornhole, yeah. Um, like, lawnmower races. Right. Trick bowling. Yes. Anything you can imagine that's not a traditional sport. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Then last but not least, we do have an update about the continuing story about Brittany Griner. It looks like the U.S. government is currently in talks with Russia to bring Griner home in a possible prisoner swap. It's unclear whether that's actually going to follow through. Uh, We will, of course, report back when we know more. At least movement is happening. As of this week, the talks have started. There is someone, a political prisoner that the U.S. has at Russia, that they offered to Russia in a swap. As of last night, Russia made a counteroffer for another political prisoner, making a two-to-one swap. However, the one that they uh, added to the deal is not a U.S. political prisoner, but rather Hmm. a German political prisoner. Can they do that? Um, (laughs) No, they're altering the deal. (laughs) That's that's crazy. They do not alter it any further. That's very strange. Well, uh, I just hope she gets uh, her justice and she comes back soon because that, man, this whole thing is really rough. Yes. 
All right, let's move on to television news. Because we're the Media Boat Podcast, we have to talk about this. It's Jeopardy! Back in the news this week. Yeah, it is. For, for better or for worse. Some of the good news and bad news. The unfortunate news is that their host search is not continuing. They decided to just do the same thing they did last season and just continue the Mayim Bialik, Bialik and Ken Jennings host swap that has already been the case. Mm-hmm. So they are not going anywhere. Uh, they have not chosen a new person. Executive producer Michael Davies announced this Wednesday. In announcing the contracts, Mr. Davies said that one host with more than one host was required to handle the workload with additional iterations of the shows coming down the pipe. He said, quote, the fact is we have so much jeopardy to make and so many plans for the future that we always knew we would need multiple hosts for the franchise. I don't think you're, I don't think that's correct. Uh, and we were just so grateful that Mayim and Ken stepped in and stepped up to put the show in a position to succeed, end quote. Um, so yeah, the past season, in case you didn't watch it, and if you didn't, if you didn't watch it, you missed a lot, uh, contestants racked up some of the longest streaks in Jeopardy history, including Amy Schneider's 40-game streak, Matt Amodio's 38, Matea Roche's 23, and Ryan Long's 16. These streaks have coincided with a ratings resurgence in comparison to the previous season. Yeah, it's been wild television uh, this season. It continues to be entertaining. Also very much looking forward to the upcoming Tournament of Champions, where all of those players we just mm-hmm. mentioned, also we'll including a few back. more, will definitely return. And uh, we'll all lose to Amy Schneider. Uh, or so you say. <laughs> no, it's, it's not even a contest anymore. So yeah, looking uh, forward to that. I think they announced that Kid Jennings would be doing the Tournament of Champions uh, Good. the airing Good. in November. Uh, Man, if but, Maya yeah. hosted that, I would have, I would be so mad. So right now they're doing about uh, 10 days, so two weeks swap, uh, depending on how long Ken goes, because Maya is also filming Call Me Cat. Yes, she's on a sitcom. On the same lot, though. Oh, that's convenient. She yeah. just watched right over. Yep, on the Sony lot as well. So yeah. it's convenient. It's nice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. remember when we were doing all these like swappings? At the end, I said, just do Ken and do Maya. The both of them are good. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I like Ken's style way more than I like Mayim's. Yes. I think that, Ken's got better hosting. Yeah. But he's built that up over the past two seasons now. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I'm done with Mayim. I just want somebody else as All that right. second rotation spot. I think they'll look at the ratings this season more yeah, closely. Yeah, put Christy in. Yep, this She's season ready. next season. <laughs> She's ready. She's got it. And see, like, oh, we have a spike when Ken's on. We have a dip. Or oh, like I a, hope. A, yeah. a, like <laughs> a dip notice. when this happens. Yeah. Yeah, like when they saw post, they'll notice like the ratings dip or something. Maybe, but probably not. The same people watch Jeopardy every day. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody else. Yes. Anyways, let's move on to our second story. Something that the television industry and the entertainment industry overall is guilty of is rebooting old shit. Rebooting stuff from the 80s and 90s. Well, yet another example of this has happened this week, and one really from left field that I didn't think would come back anytime soon. Do you know who Max Headroom is? Unfortunately, well, uh, unfortunately, no. Fortunately, yes, I do know what Max Headroom is. Yeah, Max Headroom, one of the weirdest relics of the 80s. We'll go into its history in just a moment. AMC Networks uh, Networks is developing a Max Headroom drama reboot, with Matt Frewer set to reprise his role as the world's first artificial intelligence TV personality. Big quotes around that. Halt and Catch Fire co-creator Christopher Cantwell is writing the adaptation. 
and is attached as showrunner for the project, which is produced by Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah's Spectre Vision and All Three Media. The 1985 British cyberpunk TV movie Max Headroom, colon, 20 minutes into the future, saw Matt Frewer's character as an instant pop culture phenomenon and went on to star in a music video show, ads for New Coke, appeared on the cover of Newsweek, and headlined his own primetime series. That didn't last long. Uh, he's also famous for a, um, or infamous, I guess you could say, by being used to as a hijacking uh, a signal in England mm -hmm. uh, that some te television hacker did. It wasn't an official use of Max Headroom, but the Max Headroom character was used in that event. Uh, I went to school for TV and film. <laughs> anyway that's how I know this yes uh, yeah so the Max Headroom uh, series aired on ABC for just two seasons back in 1987 to 88 and at that point the character's massive popularity started to wane but he's remained a cult favorite with frequent pop culture references to this day on shows including Bojack Horseman and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and recently in Selena Gomez's music video for Love You Like a Love Song among many others I didn't know that last one. I haven't seen that video, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Max Headroom, one of the weirdest things to come out of the 80s, an extremely 80s thing. Yeah. When computers were new and yeah. AI was just what a if there was thing a of the fake, future. What if there was a fake guy that just was weirdly twitchy and said stuff in a weird way? What if? What, if, what if AI had all this knowledge <laughs> to broadcast all the news everywhere what at if the he same told time. You, what if he told you what the newest music videos were, man? Wouldn't that be weird? It's not Wouldn't that be tubular? It's not an actor. It's an AI program. <laughs> He's real. <laughs> no. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, interesting spin to do a drama show. Yeah. I mean, and I'm glad the guy is coming back. I'm glad the same, the original Max Headroom is going to still be here. Oh, Max Headroom. Uh, <laughs> named, just the name. Named after a sign. <laughs> yes, the sign that says Max, Max Headroom. Headroom. Anyways, let's move on out of Max Headroom and into a couple television shows we watched. I actually watched uh, one of these. Uh, what is Mind Over Murder and why did you watch it? Uh, so, HBO Max, while I was waiting for Harley Quinn Season 3 to yes. premiere, kept advertising to me Mind Over Murder. I don't know why, but it said that the series had ended so I could binge watch all episodes. Okay. All six episodes. So I did. Because, sure, why not? I did this instead of watching The Gray Man, which I will watch next week and have my review on that next okay, week. Okay, cool. So we'll learn all about The Gray Man next week. Yes. So, Mind Over Murder falls in the same footsteps of Making a Murderer, uh, where it's, uh, in, this, in this case, six people who were wrongly convicted of a crime spent years in jail only for DNA evidence to come back and say, well, no, DNA evidence says they didn't uh, do this crime. And so it goes through the trial and everything. Uh, but the thing is that what makes it mind over murder different from everything else is that at the beginning, they state that this trial and like the events happening uh, happened in this town of Beatrice in Nebraska, they're making it into a play. And they're having what? actors huh? who live in Beatrice. What? Be, or Beatrice. Be, be. Beatrice. Um, <laughs> participate in the play as the actors. Uh-huh. What? Who are playing real people. Uh-huh. Who participated in an actual trial. Uh-huh. About this, who were later, like, uh, 
who were convicted of the murder, mm. meaning being named the Beatrice Six, <laughs> and then exonerated later. Uh, okay. So it's a dual um, kind of learnings about an actor going into this role, but then like also <laughs> trying to figure out like what were they thinking here? What was like what were they like trying to get at here? What am I supposed to be feeling here? As well as, like, interviewing the actual people and, like, their statements of, like, well, this is what happened. Like, this is what I yeah. did. This is what happened. What do you... But it gets hmm. really into an interesting aspect when they bring in a psychologist on it. Uh-huh. The same psychologist who interviewed these people <laughs> and basically planted in these false memories. And that's where you get the mind over murder. of uh, These people who weren't there, yeah. or at least may or may not have been there... But if you have a psychologist in there who's doing an evaluation saying, but you were there, right? This is a fact. You know this is a fact, right? <laughs> and saying it like that, like trying to get them to agree, like, you know this as a fact, right? And you want to say yes, that it is a fact. And then you kind of subsequently implant these false memories of something that uh-huh. actually happened, but you weren't actually there. Uh I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Oh, no. This is, like, part of, like, <laughs> bad, shoddy police work. And, like, they interview the people who, like, actually did this. They're like, oh, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. Why would I do anything wrong? I believe I did everything by the book. You know, the book that was, like, done in 1970 and has since been <laughs> rewritten to be like, oh, no, all this is wrong. Uh, really redefines by the book, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, uh, this... Uh, why are why 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 did I watch this? Yeah, why? Why? Uh, I don't know. Just the, the, the teaser. Watch everything that HBO Max advertises to you. The, the teaser caught my eye. There was nothing good on Disney Plus uh, to get down. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you like uh, making a murder, <laughs> Mind Over Murder uh, is available on uh, HBO documentary. Sure. Okay. Uh, it's six episodes, each an hour long. There you go. Uh, it's interesting. It goes into more of the psychology of both police and detective work and how you can subtly implant memories and even like 30 years as you think on it, you these false memories, you think like become real because you're mm-hmm. being told this over and over and over again so therefore it must be true. Yeah. Even though it's not. Well, if you're into that kind of thing, if, yes, go for it. I mean, if you're done with like murder podcasts and you want to go like actually watch a murder doc, yeah. Mind over murder. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. But the actual thing you were waiting for to premiere on a Thursday. Uh, Harley Quinn, season three. Yeah, so we've talked about the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max on previous seasons mm-hmm. uh, here on the podcast. Um, something that I didn't go in thinking I would like and then came out on the other side being like, this might be the only DC thing that I like. <laughs> so much so that you told me that I should watch it. Yeah, and it, I did. It's a charming, funny show that occasionally has the violence that you expect from the Harley Quinn character, mm-hmm. but has a really like strong heart and emotion to it throughout the entire thing. It's very surprising, and it's like really interesting how they actually get you to care about these characters, even though they are villains for the most part. Mm-hmm. So this new season picks up where the last season left off, which is uh, Harley and Ivy are a couple officially now. Yes. Um, they, it's not just a will they or won't they thing. They are together. They are in a relationship. Uh, Poison Ivy, I guess I should be specific, just in case you don't know what I'm talking about. 
Uh, but I feel like most people listening to this podcast will exactly know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, so um, it's just, it's similar in tone to the previous seasons. It is equal parts, uh, weird-ass, uh, absurd comedy, and superhero violence and comic references. Mm-hmm. And this delivers already, so the first three episodes so far of the season are out yep. right now. Future episodes will come on Thursdays. And um, so far, it delivers on all of those things and more. Um I especially enjoy what they're doing with the like, 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 with the balance of their relationship and how they're getting into like, oh, like, are we like, is it maybe one of one of them trying too hard, trying to please the other? Is there a balance that maybe needs to establish here? They're getting into like, what's that, a realistic depiction of what a relationship between these two characters would actually look like? They're also going uh, kind of tiptoeing into some uh, some um, some some deeper issues maybe going on between the two of them. But then on the other side of that conversation, you also get literal, like, the weirdest stuff you've ever seen involving uh, Tim... Uh, James uh, Gunn. Involving James Gunn and... Yeah, um, not Tim Gunn. That's someone else. I know. It's somebody, somebody else. James Gunn, who plays himself. And, and um, Billy Bob Thornton, who plays himself. Yes. And I don't even want to spoil it because it goes in some wild directions with those two characters. Uh, that was probably the, the the funniest bit of these first few episodes, but yeah, strong strong start for a third season. I'm excited to see what else they do. It's good that they're using the side characters more, yes, yes. Uh, on their own solo adventures. Yes. Give us more than give us more King Shark. Yes, that's all I want. More yes. King Shark, rather than just them being the background characters who help out yes. during the main heist. Yeah, so more of yes. that. More than welcome. comic relief. Yes. So yeah, it'll be uh, it's still good. Uh, so yeah, new episodes of that will be coming out on Thursdays going forward. Um, yeah, excited to see what they do. Yep, super fun. I like the direction that they're going. It's natural progression. Uh, it's you get to the third episode, right? Yeah, I watched all of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're they're setting up good with these first three episodes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else we watch this week? Um, nope. Nope. Let's nope. move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? Uh, well, the reboot of Rugrats apparently has worked out for Paramount Plus as they are bringing it back for a third season. That's ahead of its second season yes. later this fall. Prime Video will be bringing back The Wheel of Time for a third season. I think its second season just wrapped up shooting, okay. so they're going to go right to a third season. Got it. Apple TV Plus will be bringing back For All Mankind for a fourth season. Mm-hmm. FX bringing back Mayans MC for a fifth season. TBS has canceled Full Frontal with Samantha B after seven seasons. So does TBS own anything now? It's not they got rid great. Of, they got rid of the last two, which was Chad and Samantha B. Like, I know we have Snowpiercer. It's going to be the next season for TNT. But yeah, that's not TBS. No. Um, yeah, it's looking like a weird era for all the Warner networks. It's like Warner is just putting everything on the chopping block. And yeah, it's sad to see Samantha Bee being part of that. Mm-hmm. Next up, Paramount Plus. Bring back the reboot of iCarly for a third season. PBS. Bringing back Miss Scarlet and the Duke back for a third season. I believe that is a masterpiece theater. Yes. Moonhaven on AMC Plus will be getting a second season. The Wilds on Prime Video canceled after two seasons. The What If series on Disney Plus will indeed get a third season, as predicted. Yep. Uh, uh, as well as the 
upcoming shows that have not been uh, that have been announced but not released yet. Yes. X Men '97 will be getting a second season, and Spider Man Freshman Year will be getting a sequel. Spider Man Sophomore Year. We will get, we talk more about Marvel's plans a little later on the podcast. Yes. Then we have three deaths this week. David Warner, age 80, actor in The Omen, Tron, Titanic, among others, won an Emmy in 1981. Uh, he was also a voice actor on Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Next up, Paul Sorvino, age 83, actor, was in Goodfellas, The Rocketeer, and Law, Law and Order, among other things as well. Um, I want to say he was also in The Sopranos. Um, Possibly. Uh, if you're looking for a standard Italian guy who's <laughs> not Paulie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The other the Rough other guy. few weeks for people who were in shows about the mafia. Yeah. Uh, it's been pointed out to me. Weird, weird. I don't know why that's happening now. Um, all the hits are going around now. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a bad, bad, joke. bad joke. Yeah, that was a bad joke. And then last, uh, lastly, Mary Alice, age 85, actress, was in Fences, A Different World, The Matrix Revolutions as the second Oracle. Yes. And uh, won a Tony back in 1987. Yeah, uh, because they had to replace... The original Oracle. Right, after she um, passed away before the recording of the sequels. So I don't remember this happening, but I did some Wikipedia lookup, and Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions came out in the same year. Yes, they came out in the same year, one summer and one fall, yeah. and they were taped together. They were filmed together. Well, I know that, but yes. I, I, I forgot same that year. they were the same year. Same year, believe it or not. Yeah. Not this, like, you'll have this year, <laughs> then next year we'll have the, the sequel. No, they were ready to go. Yep. All right, let's uh, move on then out of uh, television. Right, well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we already did yeah, that. So yeah, out of the news. cancellations and renewals into the movies section. And we have the box office numbers for the weekend for you. Nope. Made yep. $44 million. That's a big yep. Not as. Um, apparently did not make as much money as Us did in its release. However, still a pretty decent release for an original film so mm -hmm. congratulations still to jordan peele for that one and getting good word of mouth yes Num uh, number two thor love and thunder moving down to 22 million dollars that's a 276 domestic number three minions the rise of Gru, another 18 million that's at 298. how pissed off is disney that Minions is doing 298 <laughs> and passing thor and that's sign of the times right there sign of the times where the Crawdads Sing is at number four with another $10 million. It's at 38 domestic. And rounding out your top five, Top Gun Maverick, still kicking with another $10 million. That's at $635 million. I believe everyone in the world has already seen Top Gun Maverick. Except for apparently me. But that's fine. <laughs> you can be part, next, you can be, be part of next week's $10 million. <laughs> Hey, there you go. All right, let's move on to our uh, new releases this week. Now, a couple uh, Earth. Wow, uh, we have a lot, actually, uh, but I don't know what's happening with that last one. Yes. Uh, we have Bullet Train, which we've seen trailers for for the last few months. Yep, that's the... Um, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Yeah, Why Brad Pitt in Japan. Yeah, in Japan, uh, uh, on a train. He's like a hired killer. Yes, remake of a Korean film, Bullet Train, as well. Ah, makes sense. We also have Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's your horror film. That makes sense. Horror film. Let the bodies hit the floor. Yes. And then we have something called Easter Sunday. This is a comedy starring Joe Coy, written by Joe Coy, about a Filipino family on Easter Sunday. All right, and then what's coming going out on? at the end of coming out in August? Yeah, <laughs> weird. And what's going on with his last thing? So officially in the calendar, it's untitled WB event film. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, but doing some digging as to what it was. Yeah. 
um, I was able to find that the Richardson movie, which is a kids movie, is supposed okay. to get a wide release in this same time but it slot. Didn't. It may or may not date. be yeah. happening because we haven't heard anything about it. Yes. so no, probably not. Probably not. But that's what it was like. Barbers had this spot reserved for a wide release film. Yeah. Um, some digging of some past posts revealed that the Richardson movie, which is a kids film or a kids show, was going to get a theatrical release, originally scheduled for yeah. next week. But must not have happened. May or may not still be happening. Uh, then oh, uh, that's it. But of course, we're going to tell you that you should really just see Marcel with Shell with shoes on. Yes. All right, let's move on. Officially at $2 million. Hey, yay. Good for it. I'm part of that. I'm glad I'm part of it. Could, could put some money towards that. All right, let's move on to movie news. Before we get to the big Marvel news, we do have an update about Tomb Raider. Yes, Tomb Raider, yes. the video game franchise, uh, is in the news again because its film rights are on the move. After not making a new entry in the franchise since 2018, MGM has lost the Tomb Raider license, leading the rest of Hollywood into a bidding war for the chance at their own Laura Croft movie. The studio briefly flirted with plans for a sequel, but they never came to fruition, at least not before the May deadline by which MGM had to greenlight a movie in order to maintain control of those rights. One likely factor in a sequel not happening is that back in March, Amazon closed its purchase of MGM, and the new owner is presumably re-examining many of the studio's existing projects and franchises. These rights only apply to a film version, not television, as Netflix still has a Tomb Raider animated series in the works. Yep. So, sorry, Alicia Vikander, we will not see you <laughs> being a Laura Croft anymore. Yeah. So, uh, who knows if there'll be more uh, movies coming or who will get the rights to this. I'll tell you who'll get the rights. PlayStation Studios and have a crossover with Nathan Drake and Uncharted. Oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know about that, but that's definitely thinking outside the box. That's something that they could do. They could do that. They, sh they should do I don't do think that. that happens. I don't think Naughty Dog would want that to happen. What? You I don't think two adventurers as owners on? of the IP. Like I don't think that they would want those two universes to combine. Even though the Nathan Drake is clearly like set in stone, based on the Lower Croft yeah, film, definitely an influence. Video games, definitely an influence for sure. All right, but let's move out on to the meat of of the news this week, and probably of this episode. Uh, this was the big big news in the entertainment sector this week why i got the shirt on everybody was wondering after uh thor and the releases before this like where's marvel going with the mcu what is the plan doesn't seem like they have a long-term plan what are they going to do with x y and z well now we have a better idea of the picture as the entirety of the phase five plan was revealed at comic-con last week we tried to give teasers last week about it um nothing big out of warner brothers came out of there so we're just going right. straight into marvel so here is the schedule it begins with... Okay, so uh, before we get to Phase 5, we're going to close out Phase <laughs> yes, 4 right. with uh, She-Hulk, uh -huh. Attorney at Law, coming out, the I Am Groot series, right, and then closing out with uh, the uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever in November, which the yes. teaser trailer just got released. Right. So, And that will close Phase yes. 4. That will be it for the, for the current phase we're in right now. As for Phase 5... It will begin with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is scheduled for February 17th, 2023. Secret Invasion, which will be on Disney Plus, Spring 23. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th, 2023, 
Also important to note here, James Gunn has confirmed that will be the last of that trilogy and will be the end of those characters' story. And most likely be the last time James Gunn directs a Marvel film. Oh. He's probably going over to the DC. I'm sure he's going to stay over there. <laughs> yes. Um, next up, Echo, which will be on Disney Plus, summer of 23. Echo. Loki uh, <laughs> season two will be on Disney Plus, summer of 2023 as well. The Marvels, which is dated for July 28th, 2023. Ironheart, which will be on Disney Plus in fall of 23. That will star Riri, uh, the character of Riri Williams, which will appear in Black Panther this coming fall. I see. Blade, yes, that Blade, <laughs> on November 3rd, 2023. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, on Disney Plus, winter of 23. Starring, of course, the character introduced in WandaVision last year. Yep. Daredevil, Born Again. Yes, that Daredevil. Disney Plus, Spring 2024. Captain America, New World Order. The next in the Captain America series. On May 3rd, 2024. Yep, that'll and, be Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yes. And we'll end with Thunderbolts on July 26, 2024. So, a year and a half for Phase 5. Oof. But you realize that all that is coming out in a year and a half. It's a lot. From February of next year all the way through summer of next year. That is a ton of Marvel content. Sorry, sorry summer of the following year, 2024. So yeah, like if you're interested in any of this, Disney Plus is a need, apparently. Not, not just a want anymore. Yeah. Like they're going to make you sign up for this to see everything. So, I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting, especially to see what they end up doing with Blade and Daredevil as franchises. Because as franchises traditionally, let's say, aim towards a more adult audience and trying to repackage those characters into the more family-friendly MCU. We'll see. Uh, so, chances are they're going to try and make these more like the darker version, the R version, if they can. We'll see. Um just note that that does mean that they may lose out on some box office. However, there is one character already in the R version that's already been confirmed for a sequel in his franchise that does not yet have a release date. Hmm. Yes, I'm teasing about Deadpool 3. Right, yes. But that's because Kevin Feige is also teasing it. Yes. So there will be more to come, according to Feige. He's already teased some big reveals for Disney's D23 event that will happen later this year, including more details on the upcoming big two films that we haven't talked about yet. Yes. Avengers The Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars that will be, just as we mentioned with The Matrix films, released in the same year in 2025. Yep. That's why I brought that up. Yes. Try to plant that before. Yes. Uh, so those, that was kind of the big news, which is that ultimately this is leading towards another Avengers couple of films. Yep, so we have Avengers The King Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. But, Secret. So that's Phase 6, officially. Okay. Also coming in Phase 6 is a Fantastic Four film that will kick off Phase 6. Um, the full uh, Phase 4, Phase 5, and Phase 6 will be called the Multiverse Saga. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, Kevin Feige will reveal more details at D23, which is in September. Yep. I think at the Anaheim Convention Center. Sounds right. 
So yeah, uh, if you're a Marvel fan, that's a lot to be excited about. That's a lot to digest all at once. It seemed like it was a very overwhelming amount of information coming out in one day last week. A lot of this we knew uh, that they had announced that they were in the process of making, but now we have actual... Yeah, dates. Dates, as well as like some like scheduled release dates as well. Uh, but like I said, Deadpool 3 was announced to be confirmed coming from Marvel. Not said when. Mm-hmm. Um, do also know this is all the live action versions, separate from the animated stuff, like the What If, like um, Spider-Man Freshman Year, and uh, what was the other one that announced uh x-men 97 right those are the animated stuff that's separate yes. from mcu right may or may not so, actually be connected but yeah. we'll see yeah so yeah all of that and presumably much more so yeah get ready uh marvel fans will have a lot to enjoy in the last in the next coming years so uh cool i guess we'll see yep um yeah like i said uh the phase four phase five culminating in the thunderbolts film uh, unsure if the Young Avengers film may be a part of that. Um, unsure if Young Avengers will make it into this phase. I don't know. We'll we will see. surely see. All right. Well, th- that was the big news from Comic Con. I'm sure there's a smattering of other things that kind of slip between the cracks, but we don't have time to cover all of it. Yes. That was the big news. Um, did you watch any movies this week? Yes, I did. Okay. I went to a movie theater. Did you? And it was me, my doctor, and two other people. Okay. And we watched, enjoyed, cried, laughed, <laughs> and overall had a great time uh-huh. watching Marcel the Shell. Yay! I'm glad you saw it. Yeah! We took your advice. Yes. You were gushing about it. I saw everyone else gushing about it. Yes. So we went and we yes. watched it. And you loved it? And we loved it. Uh, we were so gushing good. about it's it. It was so, so good. good. Leslie yeah. Stahl. It just made you feel good. Yeah. It's Doctor just... loved it even. She didn't know what she was getting into. Oh, yeah, no. And that's the great thing about it. I think it works for people who are already familiar with the videos, but it also works as like, just come into it blind and don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, if I saw those videos, they were 10 years ago. Yeah. Same thing with my doctor. 10 years ago. Right. So, to see, like, basically coming in with, like, without looking it up, with just, like, fresh face, I don't know what I'm getting into. Yeah. And we're just going to explore and have fun with this. And to come out on the other side, like, so good and so feeling so wonderful. And yeah. it's just, oh, it ended so nice. It's just so charming. Yeah. It's just so sweet and so touching and, yeah, and funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's just like, it's such a perfect movie. I'm so glad that people are spreading the word of mouth about it. Um, yes. Yeah. I hope it has a second life on streaming. I hope so, too. Yeah, I hope a lot of people discover it. I, I did love that it was a very good commentary on community. Yes. Especially yes. the difference between, like, online community, yes. toxic community, and, like, a home community. Yeah. What it actually means to have people around you mm-hmm. and work together. Yes. Instead of just relying on yourself. It's, or, yeah. or internet strangers. It's an amazing little little movie, and I'm glad they got to make it. And like, yeah, I, I just hope it does well enough for people to find out about it. Can this win an animation award? <laughs> I don't know, actually. That's does a good it question. Does animation? <laughs> that is an excellent question, and I cannot answer it. I don't know where it falls in category. Like, like where it, it categorizes. I feel like it should. Yeah. I... Where did Where did Roger Rabbit fall? Where, where's uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers falling? 
Well, that's the thing is I don't. Well, those are traditional they, animation, though. Uh, well, well, it's stop motion. Rescue Rangers is not. Yes, it's not traditional animation. It's CG that's designed to look like yes. traditional animation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how you categorize those things, but it should win something. <laughs> uh, well, give it, give it an Oscar. I don't know for what. It already won our hearts. It already won our hearts. All right. Well, we'll talk more. I'm sure by the end of the year about yes. that. Um, but yeah, besides that, I didn't see anything. Um, okay. No, as much as I love Taylor Swift, I'm not going to see DC Legends of Super Pets just to see the, the snippet of Taylor. Bad Blood Taylor's version, which is apparently in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but So no, but anyway, that'll do it for movies yeah. and that'll do it for the podcast this week. Yeah, a quick one right yeah. there. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week for all sorts of things. Um, not sure what wraps up before next week. Uh, but we will have information on the baseball trade deadline. We'll have, yep, we'll have trade deadline. We'll we'll have. Um, I'll probably give some more games next week. Um, unsure if it will be a solo cast or a yeah, zoom we'll cast. see. Um, it will definitely be me. I will definitely be here. Yes, um, I'm going to a party. Oh boy! Next weekend. Party time. <laughs> yes, a John party time. Yes, John party party. Well, enjoy that John party party. I guess that's something I could. Forgot to mention, yeah, I went to the um, the uh, concert. Oh yes, yes, you didn't talk about that in uh, in music mm-hmm. thoughts. Well, you know, it's a Kenny Chesney concert. You know what you're getting into. Yeah, you're getting into with the Kenny Kenny Chesney. Well then, anyways, then we don't need to talk about that. Yes. Uh, well, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for our one uh, chatter who watched the video game segment of yes. our show. If you want to chat with us. We go live every yes. Saturday. You can find us on YouTube. If you search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast, you can find us. We go live on Saturday mornings, Pacific Time, uh, around nine, uh, about 9.15, 9.30. If you want to watch us archived, though, we have an archive of our shows as well on our channel. You can also click the little bell to get notified when we go live. You can also find us in traditional podcast audio form on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you absorb podcasts you can find us by searching media boat podcast you can also find us social media channels such as twitter where we're at media boat cast facebook search media boat podcast to find our page email us if you have any questions comments feedback anything you want to say to us we'll read your email on the show if you do media boat podcast at gmail.com and media boat podcast.com is where you can also see an archive of our previous shows That'll be it for this week. So thank you again for watching, and we'll be back next time for even more. Yep. If we're not live on YouTube, next time mm-hmm. you see us, we'll be in a new setting back yes. here. All right. So, thank you all for listening, and we'll you. see you next week. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.